Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Hi, everybody. I'm sorry. I was laughing at something Pat said that was completely not true. It's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio headquarters in Hooks, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you're watching live, Facebook or YouTube. Or if you're listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever else you found this thing, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul and Pat and Dave. And today, we have a couple of guys from Abel Ebenezer Beer with us. We have Dan Forger Hello. and Brendan DeKemper. Yes, sir. Brendan DeKemper with us. And um, we thank you for coming tonight yeah, and thanks, for guys. bringing this selection. Do you see the swath of beer yes. that we are going Smorgas to be pairing? And... Um, Every once in a while, we like doing beer pairings with the cigar, and when we do that, we found the best thing to do is to get a nice big cigar and have the uh, guys bring in a selection of, of what's on tap at the time or what's being canned at the time <clears throat> and talk about how uh, each of those impacts the cigar, how does the cigar impact the beer, which goes best and why. We can all talk about it while we're having a great time. Basically, pounding down. <laughs> yeah. Got some work to do, clearly. We've got work to do tonight. We have four biggies, and um, we are doing this cigar here. This is the Placencia Almaforte Sixto One, Colorado Claro. And it is a hex-pressed 6x60 cigar. It is one of two hex-pressed cigars that are on the market. The other one is the 602 by Placencia, which is a Maduro uh, with the same, uh, I believe it's the same binder filler. I think the only difference between these cigars is the Colorado Claro wrapper. That is correct. Which is also Nicaraguan. It's an all-Nicaraguan blend. And uh, why don't we, before we get to open the beer so we can kind of really have an idea of what the cigar is like first why don't we talk a little bit about what we're picking up from the cigar on my cold draw i got a lot of hay a lot of cream and lighting it up <coughs> excuse me this is going to be one of those days isn't it <clears throat> wood caramel cream spice it's really smooth and I'm really enjoying this cigar. Very medium-bodied. What do you think, Paul? Well, I think, as you mentioned before, this is your first time having this. Is that yeah, correct? That's, okay. that's correct. I've had this about five or six times before. So uh, the reason why I love this cigar, and, and this was one of my top cigars from last year, mm. um, is 
it it's a very it's a perfect combination of earthy, woody, cedar, and spice, mm. but very very well balanced. Um, and it, it is a medium smoke. There's not a whole lot of intensity to this, um, but the way I really describe it to customers is if you love cedar, this tantalizes you with cedar through the whole smoke. Mm. So it's the subtle little cedar notes. I'm not sure if you guys will be able to pick that up or not, um, but certainly this is, without a doubt, one of my favorite medium body cigars. It's just really, really uh, subtle flavors and just a beautiful smoke. It's nice and smooth for sure. Definitely that uh, creaminess you can taste too. Mm. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I'm getting the same when you say like just really mellow and not overpowering. <laughs> Nothing really kind of comes out at you real too hard. It's mm-hmm. and one of the reasons we picked this cigar was we thought with those with that medium body and and kind of cedary spice caramel notes that would go with a wide selection of. Definitely, and it's this, you're making me think of Burn the Ships a lot when you're talking about this right now, because it yeah. has uh, not only the cherry wood smoked malt, but also mm. caramel malt as well, so mm. you get notes of caramel, a little bit of sweet, a little bit of smoky with that one, so we'll save that for last, because it's the best, I think, so we'll save the best for last, but we'll Excellent. get there, but it'll be a great pairing. I'd Pat, Pat actually thought that the Burn the Ships would go very, very well with a cigar, mm-hmm. and that's one of the uh, few Abel Ebenezer beers that you've had that you... Uh, sorry, because we usually offer that at the bar, so you said you yeah, liked it. Yeah, I think that. it was. It's probably one of the only beers I've had, but I'm not really like a huge beer drinker, so it's one of the few beers that I can say that I've had because I regularly have it whenever I'm having a beer. And yeah, like it's. I, I honestly, when I was thinking of the Pacenti, I was like, that's going to pair awesome with it. Mm. It sucks we're waiting to the end for it, but <laughs> it'll be worth the wait. It, it'll be worth, worth the wait. Sure. Worth the wait. Because if there was any, like, even when I'm thinking of beer pairings in general, like that's typically the beer that I think of that I would pair with a cigar. Okay, so this is this is one of your favorite beers to pair with it. The one we're having last, Burn Ships. All right, so but we're we're starting with what? We are starting with our light lager triumph. So we're going to go from like the lighter flavor to the bold flavor, and we'll work our way up so we don't okay. blow our palates out too too early. Nice. So we'll start Take with the light. Take here. Boy. So this is a 4.2% light lager, so it's super light, super easy drinking, great lawnmower beer. This mm. time of year as we're getting into lawnmower the springtime, beer. a good way to think of it. <laughs> but uh, it's only 4.2% ABV, so it's got the same ABV as your macro light lagers, like your Miller Lights and Bud Lights and all okay. those kind of things. But... We brew this one to have flavor, unlike those. <laughs> huh? So you know, if you want to, so if you want to pound a few beers, but actually <clears> taste <throat> a little more something, beer. this is what we do with this one, and it's called Triumph. Triumph. Um, after our, partly after our triumph through the COVID nineteen pandemic and how we persevered through that uh, mm. as a company, but also the single hop that we use in this is called Triumph Hops, and that's oh. the only. Oh, there you go. Well. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a twofold name <laughs> twofold right there. Name. It's super simple, but it means a lot to us for sure. Now, it's why? Not... What's what is the the triumph of coming through the COVID thing? Did you was it hard there for a while? Oh, yeah, were you guys so thinking you were going to go under or something, or what? What? Well, we had maybe like two days of kind of like, where are we going to go? Because mm. it was like early in the week, it was like a Monday or Tuesday where they announced like all bars and restaurants <clears> have to <throat> shut down mm. right now immediately. Like you can't open tomorrow. And, you know, we get a ton of our business through our tap room and having that just oh, sure. shut up completely. It's like, all right, how do we make distro support the whole business at this point? Mm-hmm. And um, we ended up finding out that home delivery was a legal thing you could do. There was like certain parameters just that had to be prepaid and you have to check for an ID on delivery and all that stuff. And okay. so we pivoted, we have our own vehicles cause we self distribute. So we're, mm-hmm. we're just completely in house. Um, so we built out a website and a system for ordering beer for home delivery, launched it by the end of the week. 
and it just took right off and that's awesome. carried us all the way through pretty much. Is that why they call you Distro Dan? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> this guy, uh, like, he, he's not going to give himself enough credit, but Dan definitely carried the company for uh, the first couple months of COVID, uh, besides, you know, our owners and but dan was you know working 12 hour days non-stop making sure beer was getting to everyone's houses i wasn't even on the uh, sales team at that point i was a uh, just a bartender but um yeah just so much power to carl mike and dan and nicole and everyone just for really leading the charge there and pivoting the business that's awesome so when when you drink the beer here what what kind of flavor profile should we be getting? It's really good. I mean, in this one, it's just just as simple as it gets. You know, it's just mm -hmm. a just a crusher. You so you just get just a little bit of bread, a little bit of biscuit, light hop touch at the end. Biscuit goes down That's easy. A great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There is a biscuit. There is a light biscuit. biscuit flavor to this. Thank you. I was trying to figure out mm. what I was what I was tasting. It's a very yeah, you're right. It's very crushable. There, it's very a little easy bit of fruit, going. But little yep. fruit aroma, a yep. little bit of fruit mm -hmm. notes, but very very subtle. And isn't it funny, you know, and we've kind of brushed on this, you know, with with uh, when we have different uh, um, spirit reps or beer reps on the show, um, you know, Paul, Pat, Dave, myself, we're really good at picking out the flavors in cigars. It's not necessarily as easy to then translate that into a beer or a spirit. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, when you were listing out the tasting notes of the cigar, I was like, those are things I definitely would not have been able to pick out. But once you mentioned them, I was like, all right, yeah, I can see that. I can sense that. You know, so I, it's really helpful to hear, you know, you know, I know there's some people who like the power suggestion biscuit. Oh, of course, there's biscuit there. <laughs> but, it, you know, it, I, I was really looking for some kind of word to go along with. Biscuit is great. Mm -hmm. I get yeah. a I get a lot of um, lime, too, That the fruitiness in, mm -hmm. in the beer as well. Um, that's just like a little bit that uh, the my citrusy, taste, yeah, yep. the citrusiness to it. But I want to mention one thing because this is the first I've, I've drank oh. a lot of beer in my life. <laughs> I'm a, you I'm, drank I, a I, lot of that beer right yeah, now. I know. I'm, well, I'm, I've only put half a can so far. Oh, I'm pacing okay. myself. It's, I put right, the right. part with the lighting to make it yeah. into it. In, in all the beers that I've had in let's For, say 30, 40 years, mm -hmm. this is the first one where I get the aroma of. And I, this is this is a good word because I'm and if you're in the beer world, I'm sure you know this. Dank. Yes. <laughs> and, and and that's a, 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 it is intoxicating. It's like you stepped into the brewing operation of a microbrewer on that day that you oh, know yeah. that they don't have anything going on that day. Sometimes they would open up that to the to the crowd on the weekends, and you get that smell in the air. It's the hops, and it's we used all to this. Have that at our oh tap my room god, all the time. it's so so yeah. good. Our first when our tap room first opened for the first few years, the bar was open to the brew house area. Yeah. So like if you came in and the, the doors weren't open or the garage door wasn't open, especially in the wintertime, if we were brewing that day, the whole place would just smell of malt and hops yep. and just the whole thing. You'd get like the whole experience. So we've since walled it off and climate controlled it and we do think that the the air conditioning in the summer is a is a worth it trade-off for oh. the losing that 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 <laughs> environment because it would get really hot in there because brewing is not a chilly thing that's for sure but it's you somehow in the in the uh, process of brewing that you captured that aroma which i love I've never been able to get that from any other beer. Credit to Mike and Jim. I was going to say, yeah. Mike is going to love I have hearing nothing to that. Do with that yeah. But yeah, yeah. Paul, to Paul how would you rate the dankness? Oh, I, it's a 10, man. I love that aroma. I've, like I said, I've never, ever smelled that from a beer. Uh, 
whether it's from a can or draft or whatever. It's just it's awesome. And part of what might do that for this too, because usually the beers that you would describe as dank are like West Coast IPAs, typically mm. that are heavy on the hops. But this style um, tends to be a little higher in carbonation. Yeah. which will give you a little bit more of the aroma and the effervescence yeah. right off the nose because oh, it'll yeah. just be kind of crackling under the surface a little bit more than yeah. um, lesser carbonated beers. Would. That's awesome. All right. Now, the next logical question here is how how is the beer affecting the cigar and vice versa? Um, Mike uh, Capellini from Toscano kind of schooled us a little bit last week on how to <laughs> gonna smoke the beer. do the whole pairing. Uh, Maybe we'll smoke beer in the shifts, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let this one go on its own. But I think, you know, if, if you take a puff of the cigar, really think about what you're tasting, take a sip of the beer, and then take another puff of the cigar immediately after you've had the beer, what changes between the first and the second puff? To me, uh, the sweetness of the cigar kind of goes down, and the wood and the and the cedar mm -hmm. notes come forward. Yeah, yeah, agree with that. Yeah, a lot more woody and and yeah, a little bit earthier too. Yep. Yeah, I definitely get that. <laughs> definitely more woody. <laughs> definitely more woody. Yeah. <laughs> choking on my own. Yeah. Yeah. On my own Pat, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so I mean, the creaminess of the cigar definitely gets replaced with this kind of really, like, bready kind of note. Mm -hmm. and like it's, biscuit? <laughs> bringing the biscuit out. I was going to say, I'm getting that biscuit yeah, even you, more so. Yeah, biscuits, but just like, like kind of like, I was thinking more of like a sourdough, because like, there's yeah. kind of some citrus in the drink too, so it's a, kind of a sourdough to me. And then the, the wood's definitely enhanced more, and I'm getting like a lot more of that kind of dry hay flavor through the finish. Mm-hmm, hey. So I, to me, the sweetness isn't really enhanced, just to my palate, but more of those like hay notes, those bready notes. Yeah, the yeah. The note. sweetness, the sweetness goes down to me with the beer, and the the wood and the hay and stuff comes forward. I think they taste great together. They do. They do. <laughs> I, they do but it's, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Definitely a little bit more. Each, each time you take a sip, each time you take a puff, you're just like it's just a little bit more enhanced. And then if if you do the reverse, if you take a drink. Then take a puff of the cigar, and then take another sip of the beer, and see how the beer changes between the first and the second. Mm. Mm. I need to put like drinking sounds on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like old dad sounds on the recliner. Yes. <laughs> old dad sounds. I love that. That's beautiful. It's uh, the beer is smoky. Do you guys taste the difference? Oh yeah, absolutely. What? How does? How does it? How does the cigar impact the beer? I feel like it's making the flavor of the beer kind of linger in my mouth a little longer. It's kind of mm. like a little more coating, mm -hmm. and you just it kind of just hangs there for a little bit longer mm. as opposed to just fading out. Yeah, it definitely gives a little more. I gotta say. Yeah, a little more resinous in your mouth when uh, after you take a, a puff and then take another sip. Mm -hmm. But so I just took another sip without taking another puff, and I just noticed the flavor didn't linger like it did before. Mm. Great mouth, great mouth feel. <laughs> great mouth, great mouth feel. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, it's very very it's interesting. Good. Out there, yeah, though. it is. Yeah, we, we won't bother smoking the plastic glass. Mm. 
<laughs> I know that would be funny, right? That would be. We can try. We could try. try. I was going to say. You can try. Might not be the best thing, but, you know, it's worth a shot. <laughs> there you go, Dan. Ooh, a little smoked lager action. Smoking the lager. I like that. <laughs> that's, that's a great idea. Oh, smoky. That looks very intriguing. <laughs> it, it actually does kind of impact how the fall you have like none left. <laughs> it's like all smoke, little beer. Mm -hmm. Let the smoke coat the glass. Mm. Yep. What do you think? Do you notice much of a difference? Yeah, it, it um, excellent. <laughs> it's almost like a like a, I'm getting like more like a citrus flavor that's popping in my yeah. mouth. So it's it's heightened the citrus flavors that was maybe a little bit hidden in the beer. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked a little bit maybe like a lime or yep. you know more of that uh, biscuit flavor, but now the citrus notes are more pronounced. It's amazing what that does now. Too. Yeah. We, we're we're going to be doing we're that gonna for be every episode. Smoking the glass. Missing all this time. A little, you know, covered up. And, <laughs> now, now, of course, it's a matter of fact. You're not going to do you guys, it. You guys have to. You have to cleanse your palate now. That's going to be the real test. Come on. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. fact. So make everybody sneeze. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> So did you guys start doing that recently on an, on one of your episodes? Last, last, last week. week. That was, the, it was last it week. It was okay. last week, and it was dramatic. Yeah. And we're doing we're doing bourbon with that, and uh, it was oh, yeah. it was f first off that that bourbon, which is a, a high west single barrel that's unique to oh, twins. high west. I love high west. I just discovered that I went to uh, Salt Lake City last oh, year, yeah. just last fall, and I tried it, and I was I fell in love with this. Is a, a single barrel. Uh, prairie you, didn't you know virgin for me, <laughs> there's there's plenty of it there's plenty of it at twins let me tell you and we had uh, the um toscano duciendo cigar and by itself the cigar is very earthy and almost like a a really dark unsweetened cocoa kind of uh flavor to it when you have it with a bourbon it becomes a sweetened dark cocoa oh, wow and so it was like this incredible pairing. And then when he had us do what we just did here with the bourbon, and the one tells you how the cigar is interacting with the bourbon, the other tells you how the bourbon's interacting with the cigar. And then when you smoke the glass and you kind mm. of get a real understanding of how that is affecting the, the whole thing, it, it was just amazing. We were completely wowed by how obvious it was to pick up the differences there were little tricks to let you know how th how one is affecting the other mm, yeah it was really really entertaining and really you know mind expanding it was awesome I, yeah mind expanding is a good mind good expanding yeah. <laughs> so um what do you guys what do you guys do with uh able what 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 what's your positions there? We'll talk a little so bit about that. We are the distro team as a whole, right the here. The distro us. team. That's us. Um, we did have a three-man crew. Chris, who was with the company for a very long time, just uh, moved on to a new opportunity a couple weeks ago. So mm -hmm. we're down to the two of us. 
Um, but we just basically manage accounts, make deliveries, target new accounts, service existing ones, try to expand the reach everywhere we can. So we're pretty much the the, the on the road hustle of the team. Okay. Um, we're a small team still. It's only eight of us now entirely mm. as a full time staff, including the owners. Wow. So we uh, do it all in house pretty much. Uh, we're really tight knit, really close. But yeah, we're the we're the hustle pretty much. The muscle, hustle and the muscle. The hustle and the muscle. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys still doing home deliveries and stuff like that? We still are. Yeah, we. Um, it's not as prevalent as it was during sure. COVID when everything was shut down. We were doing dozens of deliveries a day. I think we got. I think what was the most we did in a day was like seventy or eighty deliveries. Jeez. Jeez. Really? Wow. Day. <laughs> so it was a big hustle back then for sure. But um, yeah, we still do like probably we get like on average maybe like ten, twelve orders a week to home deliveries yeah, on wow. top of, and we just we loop them in usually with our retail sure. and restaurant accounts that we deliver to. Any fun delivery stories? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great question. I used to, I used to, I used to deliver for like uh, Papa Gino's, and I remember it didn't happen to me, but it happened to one of my drivers, and she, uh, she actually went to a house and uh, was accosted by a goat. Acousted? Acousted? <laughs> it, it screamed at him really like loud. like a musical thing? Acousted by a goat? By a goat in a dirty diaper that was on the on the on the on the steps and stuff like and it, it, it's a real funny story but something like that yeah. i don't know if i have uh, anything that's an that goat in a diaper hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i mean you during the pandemic more so and you know the shutdown was a little more uh, yeah. prevalent you you'd see uh People would get freaking pumped when we were coming up. Like the beer man's here. Like people are cheering. There'd be groups of people hanging out in their yards and circles, and we're showing up, and they're just like yeah, jumping up and like down. More of a hero, yeah, than making some deliveries I made. Felt like a superhero. That. Yeah, there were times like you would. There were people having just like they still were hanging out with their neighbors, and they would just have like a circle of, of pop out fold out chairs in the driveway in a circle, all sitting six feet apart with a table all next to them, and they're just like, yeah, drop it in the middle, and everyone would just go help themselves to beer. And I was like, I kind of just want to stay here and drink with you guys. This is awesome. That's uh, great. Yeah, there were just people that was a, just a ton of positivity, and people <laughs> that were just super happy that we were still in business, still providing everyone with the suds that they were looking for that they could get at. The that's site. a real great creative way to keep going too. Definitely, yeah. Great it's idea. Just, just like, I mean, we'll just keep doing what we do and just deliver yep. to a different place. You know, the only place we're allowed to, we'll make it happen. <laughs> we'll make it happen. That's awesome. And we yeah. got, uh, we got real. I don't even, I don't want to say lucky, but Carl had the foresight. So we had the canning line before, and mm-hmm. right before COVID, he uh, upgraded our canning line to have a labeler, mm-hmm. so we could just buy blank, uh, blank cans and then uh, label them with our own different, uh, you know, different beers. And that's honestly sure. one of the major reasons that we were able to go so well because before we only had three beers that were wrapped when they were delivered to us. So right. having the blank cans and being able to produce all of our beers in cans because mm-hmm. there were no keg sales at the time, right. that was so essential to keeping mm. this uh, this pivot and being able to offer a big variety of beers to our customers rather than just uh, our three. Just na- like the core ones yeah, originally, just, yeah. Sure. The vacuum-sealed cans, you'd have to buy a, pre- buy a preset quantity with a set amount of lead time and right. – mm. um, with these, you just buy the labels with like a week, week and a half lead time, and you get them, and you can just slap the labels on the blank cans. Whenever you have a beer available, you can just change it on the fly. And we literally bought it, I think, like it was like January or February. <laughs> yeah. And everything yeah. went down in March. So the timing could not have been better for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Sweet. And now we've been Very able good. to continue to produce that variety that we, you know, mm-hmm. keep on rolling. So how are we thinking this, the, the triumph is going with the triumphant? Triumphant, Dave. Yeah. Are you a fan, Dave? We haven't heard yes. much from you. Yes. Yep. Uh, I'm very much a fan of this. This is awesome. Awesome. 
I, really I could nice see I could see myself drinking this in the summertime. Yep. No problem. I could drink this all day. Oh yeah. And that's the whole idea. You just said it you just hit the nail on the head, Dave, all day with this. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I love it. And all day beer. All day beer. Yep. That's good. Um are we ready for beer number two? Almost. Oh yeah. Jeez. Hurry up, Dave. Because I know we're going it's to. It's not. Uh, you can be. It's not that hard to, like we just said. It's very easy drinking. You can take it down yeah. real quick. Okay. So, beer number two is the, this is uh, such a the hard collaboration. Job. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's what's this called? To share? Uh, it's down on the right. So, Two oh. Shares, the brewery we collabed with. They're, uh, okay. they're a downtown Manchester yep. brewery on uh, Union Street. Uh, great friends of ours, great people that run those, uh, run the place. Um, so yeah, we usually do collabs a few times a year. It's called um, usually Team of Rivals is what we call okay. our collab series. Yeah. But we did a special one for this one called The World Is But a Canvas with them. Uh, so uh, Brendan, you want to take the lead on this one? This is more of your style of beer as opposed to Triumph is my kind yeah, of style. Yeah, for sure. So it's a it's a strawberry pineapple IPA. A strawberry pineapple <laughs> IPA. Yeah, so uh, a little bit more going into it. We used uh, Cit- Citra and Galaxy hops. <clears throat> And Galaxy then hops. pineapple and strawberry puree, and there's some lactose in it as well. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> if you look, it's got that you know haziness, so it's yeah. you know that New England style oh, IPA, yeah. Um, yeah. very juicy. Um, you're juicy. gonna get a lot of that uh, <laughs> fruit, fruity notes to it. Oh, totally. Um, I, but I, just, you, I just want to dive right into this. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the aroma. So good, yeah. And then um, also, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, to Sadie Tupper. She's the one who did the can art. She's a sales rep over at 603 Brewing. Wow. She worked for us part-time as a bartender, and she's uh, done a couple of our cans, but she's an awesome artist, so I just, you know, I always want to give her a shout-out when I can. The world is but a canvas. Yeah, it's a great label. I love I love the way that looks. Got the pineapple out of this. It's insane. Oh, my God. You can really the taste The pineapple citrus, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Have to eat this, drink this with a Hawaiian pizza. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's, that's a that's a good idea. Mm. To anyone that thinks pineapple doesn't belong on a pizza, you're wrong. Yes, yes, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I love. Hawaiian. I wouldn't Hashtag say it's my facts. favorite style, but it's absolutely like when I'm but in the mood you, for you gotta it. You got to do it the original way. The original way the pizza was done was um, pineapple and bacon. Mm. Ooh, yes, little sweet, little yeah. salty. It was too it was too combo. rich for Americans, Classic. so we put ham on it. Yeah. <laughs> But in Hawaii, that's where it started. Was pineapple and pizza. actually uh, one of one of our owners, Mike. That's his that's his go to pizza. Yeah, it's that the pepperoni and pineapple. Mm. What are those um those gummy candies like those pineapple ones that have like that like sweet kind of like sprinkling on it? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The ones that are sugar coated with yeah. it. Um, that, that that's it, what this tastes like to me. And uh, that, yeah, and honestly, the color of it matches too. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it's got that nice haze to it. Um, Let's look that up now. It might be a peach candy. Hold on. Look at that. You definitely get a little bit of that, you know, bitterness at the end. um, Yep. Just because of the hops, but um, yeah, it's like I said, this is uh, one of my favorite beers that we've brewed. Um, The guys from Two Share and you know Mike and Jim, our brewers, did a great job um, putting this together. I actually believe Carl was at the brew day too for (laughs) Two Share, but. yeah, they they've been rocking and rolling with uh, these New England IPAs lately. Yeah, and... donuts. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. The little circle ones. They... Yeah, 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 yeah. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that comparison, though. All right, you, you should Peach send me donuts. the donuts. Share with the class, Pat. <laughs> no, no, I mean send it to me so we can like you know show the. Yeah, but it's gonna take you twelve minutes. To yeah, don't it worry about it. You, can, you <laughs> can text it to me because I can just bring it in through my phone. But right. uh, you crash know, crash the system. What this is. 
what this beer is doing to the cigar is <coughs> the sweetness is still there. Yep. But those earth notes have gone. This and it's the cedar and the cream and the sweet. But the earth is earth. no longer there. Yep. Absolutely with right. The, with the cigar. Yep. You agree? I, I absolutely agree. And I'll tell you, try retrohaling because that retrohale now has a nice sweetness to it as well. It does. Holy crap, so if does. you if if you wow. uh <clears throat> Dan Brennan, if you have a retro hail, you have to enlighten me. So when you're you're letting the smoke come out of your your nasal passages right. instead of your your mouth, so it's like mm. this. Yeah, just nice all the way. So through. if you if you take a sip of the beer and you retro hail, and if you're not used to retro hail, so it might sweet. be a, might be a little bit, but you're gonna get a nice that's sweet, so sweet, spicy retro hail out of it. Wow, Ooh. that's amazing. The thing is, your nose has so much to do with what you taste, yeah, as you know. So, so I have a huge disdain <clears throat> for IPAs, and I feel like the only saving grace <laughs> for this beer to me is the fact that there's pineapple in it. <laughs> That's it, because that, that brings well, it back. He like, thinks that IPA is like grass. Well, I mean, it all depends. I mean, the IPA over the last few years, especially as the craft boom has kind of taken over and so many creative minds have come together to work on it, like the IPA could not be more of a broad category. than It, no. it used to be a very distinct one-set style, like an IPA yeah. must be transparent. It must be heavy on the West Coast hops, piney, resinous, grassy. Uh, that was it. That was an IPA, but now the IPA is uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tentacles everywhere. But smell of fresh cut grass, but I don't want fresh to drink cut it. Glass. You know what I mean? Fresh I love glass. the smell of fresh cut glass. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But yeah, the IPA has now since just become yeah. a multifaceted style where there's transparent yeah. West Coast IPAs, there's hazy New England IPAs, and yeah. so many adjuncts have been added to, you know, play with the flavors and this kind of hop, that kind of hop, fruit puree, lactose. And that's the number one selling style, right? IPA. Definitely. Just especially because there's just so much variety you can put into it for sure. It's easily manipulatable and you can create so many different styles out of the one style per se. Right. Especially the New England, like these hazy juice Mm -hmm. bomb kind of IPAs. They've they've hit the market really hard the past few years. And they're, I mean, at some point it's going to change again, but right now they're, they're definitely a top seller. Yeah, Pat, what are you thinking? Or are you still thinking about pineapple donuts? <laughs> I sent the, Dave the was picture. Was that what that so was? It's not a donut. It's like a gum. Yeah. It's not a donut. Is that a pineapple? Look like a no. A peach. It's like I think it's a peach. Yeah, peach kind donut. Of <laughs> peach looking. It's like donut. peach. I think it's called peach rings or something. But hmm. no, it's definitely it changing the cigar from the last pairing. And so usually I pass the first inch mark when you I just took a screenshot. Of how lame. But usually after like the first inch of the Amaforte, that's kind of where I get go from that mild to medium. So I think like the strength and body of the cigar at this point definitely complements the beer because it's obviously a little bit more of a tick up than the first beer that we had. And that sweetness, it's bringing out that sweetness more in the cigar. And I noticed that strangely like that kind of like cedary kind of spicy note you get from the cigar is kind of more pronounced and I'm getting it more on the retrohale. So you would think that it would just really kind of hit the sweetness of the cigar, but it's also on the other end of the flavor wheel. It's bringing that spice forward as well. And I mean, for this for this beer being seven point five percent ABV too, it uh, it goes down pretty smooth too. Mm. So with the cigar, I just feel like it's just going down even even say. a little easier. It's dangerously smooth, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> the cigar. The same thing I was because I was going to say that the um. 
in comparison to what it's this what how the cigar's flavor is changing based on the beer what i'm getting from the beer after i take a puff of the cigar is it's definitely what I, what brendan was saying is it's smoothing it out a lot yes. it's cutting the bitterness yeah, yes. straight out it cuts the bitterness of the beer mm. a like, lot like oh, i took a sip by itself and it was very <clears throat> yeah. the hop bite on the palate was right there i took yep. a puff took a sip and it was like almost like it turned into fruit yeah. juice right. it was much it was, creamier yeah. right it was much creamier for sure, hundred percent. It was just I was just kept going back and forth like this is trippy right now. It's like it's so weird how it changes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Man, I that's wouldn't what's have expected so awesome it, about pairings. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. There are a lot of pairings where the spice of a cigar will cancel out the spice or uh, of, a, of, a, of a drink and yeah. or uh, whether it's beer or liquor, or whatever. And it's just it just everything is just smooth. Both mm. are just smoothed out. It's fantastic. Very good. Um. You want to tell? I want to hear a little bit about the the Ebenezer story. There's a lot of thought into the whole name Abel Definitely. Ebenezer, yeah. which, if you don't know it, is, is Abel Ebenezer. I mean, where, where the heck does that come from? <laughs> did some did some parent actually name their kid sure <laughs> Abel did, Ebenezer? But, well, just Ebenezer, but the Abel is just uh, just a prefix of he just being able and. Mm willing to you know go the extra mile and mm. you know make a difference um but uh, it goes back to um actually this is really relevant because the 250th anniversary of the event that inspired our name just happened this past week um so it's based off of the pine tree riot which took place in Ware, new hampshire in the 1772 pine tree riot yes. wow um so this was a precursor to the boston tea party and the american revolution but um Basically, I'll try to make this long story as short as possible so it's not super dragged on, but because it's super, you could go on and on because it's such oh, a great no. story. Yeah, yeah. But um, it is. it's part of what drew me into the, the beers and the company. It was just so cool that everything was inspired by mm -hmm. this and it kind of branches off of that. But in, um, in that time, um, England had, um, and Britain had deforested their right. land so much that they didn't have enough trees left on their it's mainland up. that would um, support making ship masts. <laughs> So they went to the colonies and imposed a um, that any white pine tree greater than 12 inches in diameter was property of the crown. And you could not, even if it was on your own land, you couldn't cut it down. Mm. You couldn't harvest it. You couldn't turn it into timber. It was property of, of, um, of the crown. And that was it. It was the king's, king's wood, pretty much. King's wood, so yes. If you, uh, and, if you look at our logo, the little yeah. arrow is the broad arrow, is what mm -hmm. they would mark those trees with. Yeah, so like surveyors would go out through the woods, and right. any tree greater than that diameter, they would hack that broad arrow in, and that said, yeah. don't touch, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And um, New Hampshire, and in the true New Hampshire spirit, um, was pretty much like, screw that. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part. I mean, some yep. people followed it, some people didn't, and um, people went out and found that a man named Ebenezer Mudgett, who lived in Ware, New Hampshire, and ran a sawmill, <laughs> um, was in How possession. can we make the name Mudgett worse? Yeah. <laughs> I know. We'll name our kid Ebenezer. Ebenezer Mudgett. You imagine middle school for Ebenezer <laughs> Mudgett? <laughs> I thought I had it bad enough with my last name being Forget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> imagine if I was Ebenezer Forget. Tarjay. Tarjay. It's not Tarjay. It's Tarjay. Always. I remember when they put the first Tarjay in town, and it was like, ooh, Tarjay, let's go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> Ebenezer was in possession of dozens and dozens of trees, possession. bearing the broad arrow right. and um, over 12 inches in diameter. So they mm. sent um, sheriffs out to arrest him for violating the pine tree law. And the they were in an inn in town, and Mudgett rounded up a bunch of townspeople by the dozens 
and they stormed the inn they were staying in and chased pretty much just beat them up out of their beds and chased them out of town. Long so, story short. Yeah, so it was the first act of defiance against mm. the It was the one king. of the first uh, civil, acts of civil disobedience, pretty much, against the British. Against the Brits. And eventually they, they tracked down him and his conspirators, at least some of them, and um, they ended up being released with only f- moderate fines for the time, which mm-hmm. was, you know, the, and that was also like, it marked the... Um, it was basically like, you would have thought they would have been punished more, and they still didn't even get punished that much for what they did. Right. And that got a lot of people riled up, like, oh, yeah, we can take them on. We can take on the British. We don't need to take their crap. And so it was the first went, time. Went uh, from there, and then, yeah. you know, then like another year after that, Boston Tea Party happened, which is yep. the one event that everyone knows about and teaches mm-hmm. in the history books. But the, the Pine awesome. Tree Riot is one of those things that's awesome. kind of lost to history a little bit, um, even though it was a very defining moment leading up to the revolution for sure and it happened right here in where new hampshire right up the road right up 114 yeah no that's awesome and, and that you know i i know you should come out i don't with a really I have bad ipa that's very piney and call it the pine tree rug <laughs> I, would, I would drink it we just totally because of the name the day. You know, we could my that's my kind of style so i'd be like mike we should do this the house, probably be on, the house, the house be on board the house i own right now was built in 1780 that's awesome and uh it has secret rooms it, it, it does oh, it has awesome. a secret room but it also has very wide pine wood floors and one of the things that we were told about the house was that if a board was greater than 20 inches across it was considered a king's board and mm-hmm. that was supposed to only go to the king yeah and that you know, goes so, back to that story. and that goes back to that whole thing and so when paul's telling me this and i hear it from you it's like I know, I know something. This is there's some truth to this because it, the, I, you your know, house is made of king's boards. And, <laughs> well, I don't think they quite make it, but but you know one of the one of the uh, um, ways you can tell that people had money back then was how wide the pine wood boards are in their in their homes well, and isn't, if they're really the wide the diameter of the trunk of the tree the more valuable it was well, the more it, valuable isn't it was, that, yeah. that that framed thing in your study isn't that like wouldn't that be like the king's wood like right there that framed thing in my study yeah the framed piece <laughs> of wood that's there it's just, <laughs> the that's framed wood i i i don't know what kind of wood that is mm. but it is original to the house yeah um but there there are boards in in the master bedroom that are right about 20 inches wide and you know there were i i know that there were people who suspected that he had kind of kept some yeah that would make sense for, him, for, the, for himself yep. yeah yeah so, so they that, were cut down in the early 1700s and mm-hmm. that would have been in violation of said pine tree law and your your house is a living breathing relic of defiance <laughs> <laughs> which is wow awesome. that makes sense dan yeah see there you go there you go and i mean the the name too it's just because it resonates so much with uh new hampshire and uh, it's a lot mm. of new hampshire history uh carl's originally from uh maryland mike's from california and um they met their mutual friend in the army and came out to New Hampshire. But uh, he just, uh, they wanted to make stories that resonated with people. Um, because when you're building a brand, having those stories to just relate to and to have a good story, it just makes it just makes that brand so oh, absolutely. much more stable. Totally and true. Get excited about some history and, you know, what's actually happened. So it, it really is a, a New Hampshire made brand. And. Brewery, <laughs> of course, <laughs> and of course, brewery. But bottom line, too, it's just like what we're doing right now. It's just like really when you're when you're kicking back, having a beer with a few buddies. It's like, what do you do? Yeah. You sit back, you tell stories, you laugh, you joke, 
you talk, but telling stories is always what you come back to. So Absolutely. when the beer itself has a story, it becomes part of the story itself. Very true. Literally why we're here. Yep. Absolutely. For sure. <clears throat> All right. Um, are we ready to move on to the third beer? Oh, boy. Oh, yes. We are. <laughs> Time to get bold, Paul's like, bring it on. Okay, so Triumph, and then there's that one. And then this is so this the is man our, of talent, our milk, milk stout. stout. Yes, hallelujah. <laughs> I love milk stout. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, listen, wait till you pour it. Once you get your first look at it, you're gonna be like, oh, 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 oh. she's dark. That's oh, dark. Oh my god, yes. Look at that. Yeah, this is my favorite kind of stout. That's you. what she said. Oh. <laughs> No, 6.5 yeah. ABV. There's uh, multiple malts that go into this mixture. Gives it a nice uh, a nice flavor. You might get hints of chocolate. Um, wow. Yeah, that's the prevalent well, that flavor sounds for terrible. me in this one. Right off the note is just it kind of, it's like dark chocolate. Yeah. Just, it's it looks like, like an imperial stout. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is that. milky yeah. smooth. Mm. Yeah, the ABV is on the, it's kind of more Ooh. towards the what you would expect a porter to be, which is a little right. bit lighter. Usually the stouts are like what you would think is like the higher abv ones but this oh, one's kind of moderate yeah, for the style yeah. mm. um so it's still a lot more a little bit more drinkable but the flavor is rich robust oh, yeah. roasty chocolatey it kind of coats your mouth a little bit mm -hmm. lingers for oh. a bit so i'm curious to see what the cigar does with this too since it's already kind of like that style and the cigars kind of enhance that for the triumph i'm curious what it does to this one we'll see this is like the kind of beer i ask for when i go to a bar yeah chocolate walnuts <sighs> I'll let bartender last. What do you want? And I'm like something dark and wet. <laughs> <laughs> then you're in the right. You're drinking the right mm. beer. Yeah, those tend to be my favorite styles too. I'm usually a dark beer guy. Mm -hmm. And so this is uh this beer is uh oh yeah our brewer That's Jim. It. It's his it's his child. Yeah, his, his passion right, project. His passion it's project. Fun. He worked on this for years, getting um tons and tons of sample batches, <sighs> and God finally bless him. finally landed on a recipe that he really liked. And um, I mean the name um. Man of talent, uh, the common man is not concerned about the passage of time. The man of talent is driven by it, which is a famous quote from uh, Arthur Schopenhauer, I believe is <laughs> how you say his last name. But um, it's just this was like like Dan was saying, it was Jim's passion project. So it was just this is what drives him is creating mm. these new beers and these bold flavors and something that we really haven't done before. We have mm. a we have a coffee porter that we do every year, but um, mm -hmm. this is our first real uh, stout that we've done. Good so, job. To me, what this does to the <laughs> cigar is it totally brings out the cream. Yeah, A lot of the, the, the cedar is gone, but mm -hmm. it's just very sweet and creamy. Sweet and creamy, but if you retrohale, that cedar wood notes comes back to you with the retro. Yeah, I get the wood through the nose. Yes. Real heavy. Yeah. yeah. So I agree with you, Dan. The cedar notes on just, the palate, just on the palate disappear. Um, it is very sweet and creamy, but the, on the retro, I get a lot of that cedar wood notes that you're not going to get on its own with the palate. That's just, wow. And I concur with Paul, but I'll oh, add Oh, yes. That. Oh, my gosh. That is true. But I'll add that, like, on the finish, your palate has, like, a really, like, fresh kind of earthy flavor that's kind of left. I think that's from that kind of... Um, mm. Like dark kind of cocoa espresso bean kind of flavor you get from the drink, and on, mm. honestly, on the drink on the finish, like it's it's the first time when I've had this style beer that I've had 
like a fresh kind of ground chocolate flavor. Like it's not overbearingly sweet, but it's no. like it, it. It honestly, it's like chocolate espresso. Like when we grind up the espresso at Twins, like that with our espresso machine, like that fresh kind of warm, fuzzy kind of espresso kind of flavor. Oh yeah, that warm, that fuzzy right oh, yeah. espresso. You know, I mean, you, you mean know espresso. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Whenever you grind espresso at Twins, you don't get espresso. like espresso. 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 There's no X in espresso. Espresso. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. You have your doctorate yet? Yeah. Oh, I don't need a doctorate to know there's no X in espresso. I took spelling tests. Oh. It's okay. I worked at a coffee shop for a little bit, and I always called it espresso, too, and people looked at me with two heads. What? I'm still sure like every other customer said that as well. Yep. Undoubtedly. Especially my coffee snobs, you know. <laughs> it's a vente. Yeah, yeah. This large espresso. <laughs> this espresso is expressive. Tall, please. Yes. There we go. Thank you so much. How do you think the cigar is changing the milk stout? It's doing the same thing as it did with the world is but a canvas it's nice that we're getting into the more bitter beers now because it's doing the same thing it's cutting the bitterness out yeah. it's so and smooth. it's turning it to like just straight like just like it's like chocolate milk almost at this point and it's so so good it's, oh. it's actually funny because like i'm not a huge porter and stout fan i'm more of the new england style ipa and mm -hmm. i've been working I, on them over the years the last couple years i've been getting but i'm telling you i I'm, it's weird where i'm like if i was here you know or at a place where you can smoke and um you know down to twins in london area i'd, I'd love to um <laughs> i'd love to pair it with manitowan actually i feel like this is a, mm. a great pairing oh it's very smooth. Like the end of the yeah. beer, just it's really not takes away that bitterness. And like Completely. at this point of the pairings, like the, it up. There we go. the tip nice. of the cigar has kind of like this sweet coating to it now. So whenever I draw from the cigar, I get kind of like that sweetness on my tongue. I don't know if anyone else kind of picked up on that, or if it's just me, but hmm. No, yeah, definitely. It's like take a puff and then immediately take a sip. It's like. It's like melted chocolate. So Boy, good. it takes that that chocolate note up really sweet, but that, if you smoke the glass, oh yeah, it's now that's real milk chocolate. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that is yeah. crazy. Whoa. That's that not crazy. Yeah. That changes it. I mean, it was smooth on its own, but now it's ultra smooth. It's a nice little trick too, right here. You're gonna be doing that at work, I mean, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going out back every time out. now. Yeah. <laughs> in the morning i do it with my coffee oh, now it's like freaking addicting it's that's too really, funny god no yeah it's really good though mm. this is really opening my eyes to just how much a cigar hard changes change the beer so much something better it's it's insane yeah it, it really it really does help you understand how pairings matter mm. oh 100 you know if you want a particular experience you know really think about what you're having with it because it, it does make a difference yeah up until this point i've only really delved super hard into just food pairings with beer right like we right do a, oh sure we do a beer dinner with the bedford village in every year mm -hmm. and we always make a culinary beer that mike and jim collaborate with the chefs there and they pair right. the menu up with the beers and it's always so good and it's amazing how the foods play off the beer the beer plays off the food absolutely and it's like oh cigars you can do the same exact thing they they mm -hmm. play off each other so well it's kind of interesting too because typically like your cigar smoker i don't think really 
looks at beer to be something that you would lean towards when you pair. No, it's usually just bourbon and, and scotch. Yeah. Right. yeah, and then you and then and coffee, but yeah. and then before I started the podcast, you know, I wouldn't really think of a beer being something I would pair with. But then being on the show and having all these other like brewers being on the show, like it's very like unique and there's so many beers out there that can go with so many cigars and like mm. the next beer that we do, <laughs> in my opinion, is what I would pair a cigar with. You know? <laughs> well, let me let me say something right now, because you know, this this is this is kind of important for me for what you just said, Pat. I remember when we started the show, I hated bourbon and scotch. I was a beer guy. Hey. This is what I wanted to do, and they're like, oh no no no, 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 and I would wince and whine and moan like every time we have a bourbon, I'd be like, oh. You know, it's too hot to burn and everything. And then this is just like heaven. So I told you so. (laughs) I really had no idea how much cigars could change the flavor profiles of a beer, though. Well, and I I think you don't really know until you intentionally do some of these tricks that we were taught last Mm. week so that you are really thinking about the difference it makes, you know. No, um, it's great to have you guys along here with us to uh, kind of give us the insight into this too, because it's like we don't have the knowledge, obviously, of the cigars and how how it would play with a beer. I only have the knowledge. Well, this of is the what's beer great, though, that, is so. it, is that you know, and I love having the the ladies on from up at the bar too, because you know they're prettier than Pat. But <laughs> <laughs> they, he's like, <laughs> what? I I love asking <laughs> them how do, how does this impact what you're what you're drinking? They're all about the drink or the cocktail or whatever, and that's what they can really speak to. And if they can talk about how the what they're smoking is making what they're drinking more or less enjoyable for them, I think that's just as valid as knowing what the cigar is like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now the three beers that we've had so far. The Triumph, uh, the World is Your Campus, and uh, the Man of Talent. It, it, I'm assuming this one is not a year-round. This is just correct. One, just one off, right? Just a one off. Yeah. Uh, is the Triumph a year-round? Is the Man of Talent a year-round, or is it just like seasonal? Um, Triumph is a year-round one, um, so we keep that one. So Burn the Ships, Victory nor Defeat is our double IPA, which we didn't bring today. Triumph and Glory Not the Prey are is our year-round New England IPA. Those four are the ones we always carry year-round. Oh, Man of Talent really? is a winter seasonal. So it's kind of like um, our back half of winter. We do our coffee pour to the first half of winter, like fall into winter, and then we do Man of Talent around just after New Year's, and that carries us into the springtime. Okay. So, um, oh boy, it's like a a quarter of the year kind of season. It might be like January through when it runs out, pretty much. So we're like on the last maybe like four cases of it right now. Oh, oh, out of it. So if you want to grab something, go snack. Yeah, that is only four cases. I need your number. Is this is this a brewery only release or do you distribute this? The Man of Talent. That one we distribute in limited batches, uh, mostly like the beer specialty stores. It's not quite as widespread as distributed as the four mainstays, okay. um, but you will find it in a few other stores outside of the Might have to. <laughs> the best thing to do is go to bringthebeers.com and have <laughs> us deliver it right to your door. Make All right, easy. there we go. What's, what's, I'm what, calling you tomorrow. What's yep. your, <laughs> <laughs> bringthebeers.com is the website. So. What's your area of delivery? Um, we have a pretty wide yeah. one. We started out pretty narrow, and then as we kind of like narrowed down the rhythm and started rolling it into our retail deliveries and kind of making it uh, as efficient as possible, we go pretty much try to think of like this. So we, we're in Merrimack, the brewery, okay. and we go as far west as Brookline and Milford, 
up through New Boston to Hooksit. Is it the northern yeah. border? Oh, good. So you go to Derry. That's all that matters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Derry, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Once we come around to the east, we go like Auburn, Derry, Londonderry, Litchfield, and down to Hudson. And we'll I think see everything you guys inside tomorrow. of that. Natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Natural is right down the road. So that Manchester. Very good. Mm. Very good. I was like, I might have to split a half barrel for you guys so you can have a have a log or two of it over at uh, Twins. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we might have to do something like that. Yeah. Might have to might have to save you one. <laughs> oh my god. Is goodness. this is this on tap at uh at your tap house? Um I think it is right now. We have a few kegs of it, but we I don't think we pulled that one off for World is but a canvas. Because we only have six um we have six draft lines at the brewery, so sometimes if a new release comes out we have to pull one off to put the new one on. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's still on there because having that dark beer option is always a yeah. solid option. Someone's always yes. looking for it. Yes. Like, you yes. guys turned me into a fan of this beer. Like, not saying I, I, I didn't like it, but I'm like, I, w I was always never go out of my way mm. for the stout. Now I'm like, all right, I'm going to pick up a few cigars from well, you guys like, and uh, yeah. and drink a few more of these at the brewery. Well, it's, like a, it's like a meal in a can. Yeah. It, it, it is. Yeah. It oh, my God. Do you see what the show can do for you? I, it's, it has <laughs> opened my mind. Let's put it that way. All right. I heard that. My mind, mind is open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you did the same thing for me with like the world is but a canvas. Yeah. Like yeah. hazy IPAs is not usually my style. Yeah. I'm usually a fan of the grassier, piney, mm. resinous IPAs that he's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Nobody's yeah. perfect. It's like I would say I still like I, I love it, but pairing this with the world is but a canvas made it so much more interesting, and it oh, was like yeah. I can actually like you know analyze it a little further and get a little more flavor and a little more taste out of it, which mm. is really cool. I got to say something too because you know, we've had um, other other uh, beer companies on with us too. And, and one of my chief complaints about the beer community as a whole is that everything <laughs> seems to be geared around the IPA. Oh, and sure. I love, uh, I mean, I love IPA, double IPA, black IPAs, whatever, but the milk stout, the oatmeal stout, mm. I really enjoyed that style. And I don't see a lot of it out there. Yeah, no, and it's sure. great. It's I'm bad, glad really, to see but... that you are doing this, you know, I mean, yeah, I know yeah, there's I other ones that do it too, but um, someone local who, can do this and do it really really good yeah it's, it's fantastic i appreciate that yep. yeah i'm in the same boat like it's like the ipa definitely has its place it's super popular but yep. you like the traditional styles the old styles like you can't let them go into the dustbin of history you know there's so no many, there's just too much good beer out there to just focus on one style too hard right 100 percent. yep um i don't know about anybody else but i'm like almost at the bottom third of my cigar already yep. yeah, I'm so too. can we want to talk about the cigar itself and and has it changed much we should probably or start the fourth pairing too has it been uh pretty consistent as far as how it's been tasting and smoking all the way down well i think with each beer has brought out different flavors or or, or has heightened some flavors and muted others yeah um you know like the, the with the milk stout obviously that sweetness is is right there, but the cedar wood notes come through the retrohale, um, which right now I would say, up to now, the the milk stout is my favorite because it is yeah, giving sure. me all the flavors, but mm. different ways. So the the sweetness from the palate and the cedar wood notes for the retro, because I mean I I can retro, I'll retro this every other one, and so <laughs> I I literally think that that's probably my favorite pairing thus far. Mm -hmm. I want to say about it's it plays with this one in so many multiple ways that it makes it yeah like. I love this beer on its own, and it's just making it even like more enjoyable. It's like bringing out a whole other set of notes out of it. You know, it's funny, you know, in the in the Maduro version of this, which ironically came out first, or at least came to Twins first, 
I don't know if it was. <laughs> this is the 601, but the 602 is the Maduro, which came out a number of years ago. I don't know what they were thinking. But um, one of the things about that particular cigar, it's the same thing, only it's a Maduro wrapper, and it's very chocolatey. Yes. It's oh. like smoking a bar of chocolate. And this, once you've had this stout, and you've got, it's a very long finish on it, and it, it adds this cocoa kind of finish to the cigar when you're just having it several several puffs later after you've had the had the beer and it reminds me of that other one of the favorite things i love about that other cigar and it's just oh, so good oh. <laughs> dan is this aged 10 years like the other one i assume it is because it's part of the fuerte line mm -hmm. but oh so cigars are aged too for years. The tobacco, oh, yeah. the tobacco okay. is, yeah. No, yeah, it, yeah. This is the tobacco in, in, in the Fuerte line is aged for ten years. Okay, they roll it. yeah. It's probably why they pair well with bourbons and scotches well, too. Placencia <laughs> owns like seventy percent of the world's tobacco. Oh wow! So when they come out with their own line, you know, it's, it's what nobody else gets. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's funny is that that up until about six years ago, yeah. they didn't make their own their their um forte line was their first foray into the market yeah. and it was a twenty dollar cigar oh, wow and that was everyone was like are you on crack you're trying to break yourself into the market now on a 20 21 22 dollar cigar but they were so good yeah it's and the then they started coming out with other buy, yeah. then they then they came, well that that's it, that's the thing is that that it's a twenty dollar this is a twenty dollar cigar but it's, it, it, you know, it'll smoke for an hour and a half, two hours. Which and when you, when you totally think about it, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's great. Yeah. Cause usually you spend like $10 for an hour long smoke. Yeah, sure. So $21 for like uh, an hour, two hours, two and a half hours, depending on how you smoke it. You know, it's amazing. Mm. Absolutely. That's All right. So. What I'm kind of gathering from what people have said is the cigar itself probably has not changed much. The cigar has been very consistent as we smoke. The drinks have brought this or that out or put this or that behind, you know, but the cigar itself has been pretty much consistent in its flavors as we smoked it. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Are we, are we ready for the fourth one? Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Okay. Moment, moment of truth. For. The moment Here of truth. Go. Here we go. Here we Here go, go, Pat. Burn Here we go. Baby. This is Pat's favorite. My favorite oh, also. Even before I worked for Abel Ebenezer, this was my favorite beer. Got me in the door. And I'll just uh, add 7% ABV. I'll let Dan Dan give a little bit more about the beer and the notes you're going to hit, but it it really resonates a lot with um, with Carl and Mike. This is a real amber, yeah. Um, burn the ships, though, that they uh, you know packed up and... Mike put everything he had into his truck and drove across country and uh, burned the ship. So Alexander the Great, on his conquest of Persia, he got to he got to Persia, and he told his commanders that we're burning our ships. And they're like, "Why the hell are we gonna go up against an army that's five times our size? And we're burning the ass that that got us here in case we need to leave." Because he's like, "It's all about victory or defeat." And burning the ships, we're gonna go home on Persian ships. Five years later, they made it home on Persian ships. Beautiful. So it, it's just about that that journey of that 
You have no going back. No you have going no back. option of retreat. You're either going to win or you're going to die. And that's it. You're just going all in. This beer has a great head. That's what she said. Hey. <laughs> oh, Jeff. This was... It just hits all the notes for me, this beer on its own. So I'm interested I'm interested to see how the cigar is going to play mm. with this one, too, because I love this beer on its own so much. But it's got um, cherrywood smoked malt and a caramel malt in the oh, wow. in the malt bill right out of the gate. It. So you get yep. a little bit of smoke, a little bit of sweet with the malt base. And then it's a West Coast-style IPA, so it is going to be that more of like a more of a piney mm. kind of hop flavor. Um, but it hits you with that bitterness that just balances out the malts just right. Mm -hmm. um, so it, I, I always like to say it just – if you're a – if you're a beer fan, it'll hit all the flavors that you want. It has a little bit of smoke, has a little bit of sweet, has a little bit of hot bite. Yep. Just a little bit of everything, and it goes down so smooth. Mm. Very balanced, too. Yeah. So Very balanced. It's a, yeah, a lot of um, Yeah, see, a lot of people see the smoked aspect of the beer, and it kind of puts them off. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big reason why Burn the Ship sells a lot more on draft than it does in cans, because... Mm. You know, when someone's sitting at a bar, they'll be like, oh, you know, smoked beer, it seems kind of weird, but I'll I'll buy a pint, and if I don't like it, uh, then whatever. But if they see a four-pack, they're like, I'm not going to buy a whole four-pack if I don't like that. Right. And then once they get that pint at the bar, they're like, oh, yeah, this is good. I'm going to go buy some of this. And I was in the same boat for me. I was like, smoked IPA? That sounds so weird. <laughs> We're going to have to smoke the smoke IPA. Absolutely. Enhance it a little bit more. Because this one, it's designed to be a little bit more approachable. Mm -hmm. Like, the, the traditional smoked beer is called a Rausch beer, which is a German style which is heavily, heavily smoked. So, like, you drink that, and it's almost like a campfire in your mouth. And that's why it also kind of puts people off, because they, like, if they're a beer fan, they think, oh, smoked beer, it's going to be this overpowering Roush beer that's going to kind of blow me away. And Burn the Ships is kind of made to be, like, it has the smoke flavor, you'll notice it, but it doesn't just beat you over the head with the smoke. Because there's no, like, artificial smoke. The the smoke flavor does come from that cherrywood smoked malt. Right. So yeah, it's not like we're only thing that's pumping in smoke into the into the beer at all or anything like that. That's excellent. Paul. A nice cherry sweetness, a little bit of that pininess too. Um, I think it's very, very well balanced. I'm, pick, I'm picking up a lot more sweetness out of the cigar on the palate. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's almost... I mean, while I'm smoking, just my personal, I'm almost not even tasting as much of the smokiness in, in the beer. Um, just, you know, I feel like it just it, it goes really well together. A nice uh, woody spice on the retrohale, a little bit more amped up, though, from the last one. So the smooth, the, the, the uh, Man of Talent was a very smooth uh, cedar wood notes, but I'm picking up a lot more of that spice from the retrohale. It's kind of amped up a little bit more. Um, again, Great pairing. Man, I did pretty good at picking the beers. You did. I was a little nervous job, about right picking it. them all out, but this really <laughs> ramps up the the wood, the cedar wood for me oh. in the cigar. The cedar yeah. spice is <laughs> there in spades in the retro at this point. It's still got yep. it's still got a nice uh, creaminess to it, a nice sweetness to it. But I don't get any earthiness on the cigar at all nope. with this with this pairing. Uh, it's just cedar <laughs> sweetness and then cedar and spice, a cedary Ooh, spice in the retro. Nice. And everything nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's giving the it's continuing the trend too of just like cutting the bitterness out too, so you get a little oh, more yeah. of the undertone flavors of the beer. So like it's it's cutting out a bit the because the smoke of the cigar is making the smoke of the beer kind of a little less prevalent. And I'm um, getting a lot of the woody undertones, a bit more of the caramel out of it. 
yeah. Try smoking the glass. Oh. It's going to smooth it out even more, but go ahead and do it and Ooh. try and see what you think. That sip right there was just extra good. I got to try this. Oh, it totally smooths it out. Yep. It adds this nice creaminess to mm -hmm. it. Yep. Still got, of course, that smoke, which is both from the smoke and from the smoke. Oh, Pretty wow. Good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, we need to be everyone's, smoking our glasses. Everyone't gonna be doing this tomorrow. <laughs> it's a trick over here. I feel right. like everyone would love burn the ships if they just knew to smoke the glass beforehand. Mm -hmm. Oh my yeah, goodness. Burn the ships, yeah, smoke so the glass. I'm, it, burn it, the it, ships and smoke the glass. It's yeah. actually I it, it, it really is funny though, because uh, coming into tonight, I mean, Triumph and um The World is but a canvas, those two styles, oh, wow. I was just like, those are my my drinkers and I'm walking away and I'm like do I like Man of Town and Burn the Ships more? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, it's, all, it's really shifted the way I've uh, thought about mm. these beers, too. Just I, I mean, I always knew Burn the Ships is a great beer, but it's sure. that much more smooth. And yep. like you were saying, it's, it's the beer now I definitely would pair with a cigar any day. Oh, my goodness. Smoking and drinking. <laughs> oh. Match made in heaven. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's why I had to get Dan along with me tonight because oh, I know he's yeah. a he's a good oh. cigar smoker over here. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Glad I'm glad you both came. This yeah. is this is awesome. This has been fantastic. This is, it's this great. The more the merrier kind of deal. It's good. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. It's gonna be good for my sales pitches too. Now. <laughs> like, you you're a cigar smoker? Let me tell you something real quick. There you go, man. I'm gonna yeah. give you a cigar you can pair it with. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You, you oh do, man. And, you do, you know, just right. blow into the glass, let it, yeah. and it makes you look so like like you know what you're yeah. talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm a physiologist. Yeah. Oh my oh, goodness! Man. Now, one one of the things that we do on the show is called uh, Pastor Padrone Cigar Confessions, but uh, when and, and usually what what that segment is is you know I talk about one of my pet peeves with people and smoking cigars. Sure. But what I what I want to do with you guys tonight is I, I want to know what your beer drinking pet peeves are. What do you wish people would do or stop doing so that they would enjoy your beer better? I'll go first if you want, to go Dan. First, go for it, yeah. I got something in mind, but I'll let you from go. From being a bartender, and it's actually from uh, the podcast that I was doing with our, with our owner, Mike, is that he really taught me um, – don't order a flight, flight of beer out of, out of brewery. I know you want to try everything, and that's and that's cool, but you don't really get the true flavor of a of a pint of beer of what it actually is because as you're drinking a a pint and it warms up a little bit, you're gonna get the the true flavors, the true aroma of the beer. Mm -hmm. So you in a four ounce pour, you're not gonna get the the true um, essence of the beer and especially when you're going through all these different styles unless you're having a palate cleanser so i always say stop ordering flights and just go for a pint yeah just go I, for the a only pint. time i've ever ordered a flight is like after i don't know maybe the fifth or sixth time i've been to the place sure you know what i mean yeah because then it's just like you're oh, having fun but, yeah but, you <laughs> and know? you already know them and yeah i'll just but have no, a little not bit for the first time right 100 no. percent, it kills me i just tell people i'm just like just make a decision. Go for the full pour. You'll you'll figure out if you like it or not by the end of by the end of the pint. Absolutely. And it's fine either way if you don't or if you truly enjoy it. But when you're drinking a burn the ships, if it's your first time, order a pint. Don't just get a don't just get a little uh, taster of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not just a little little taster. It's the, each pint and each glass is a full experience in a glass, pretty exactly, much. Exactly. And yeah. you're not going to get that full story, the full experience of it without drinking the whole thing. Absolutely. That's true. What about you, Dan? What were you thinking? Of? Were you thinking of the same thing? It's <laughs> tell me you know what more thinking about. This. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more about like the following the trends, which seems to be kind of prevalent these days in the beer industry. So like obviously like we were going off with the with how IPAs have kind of IPAs. taken over the space and taken over the market. Yes, um, and people kind of they paint themselves into a corner with the styles that they mm. go for and the style that they enjoy, and they kind of you know, shun this style. Like, Oh, I don't like that style. I like only this style. I'm only going to drink this style of beer. And, um, I just think people got to like broaden their horizons a little more and be a little bit more open-minded to trying different styles because mm. especially with the craft beer boom, like even when Abel Ebenezer open, we've only been out, we'll be in our eighth year this summer. Oh, we opened yeah. in 2014. Hallelujah. And when Abel opened, I think there was something about like the 20 something brewery in the state, like 23rd, 24th to open in the state. Mm. And like, as of a couple of years ago, at least we were, pushing 100 in the state like it just blew wow. up there's breweries everywhere oh, which yeah. is awesome because like so many more brains so many more minds so many more recipes and beers are coming out collaborations the and of course ex exactly yep. so um what that kind of has done is created just a such a broad palette of styles and what used to be like we said we used to be an ipa used to be such a set in stone single style and Ooh. it was easy to say, oh, I don't like IPAs because I don't like I don't like grass or pine flavor, like you were saying. <laughs> but nowadays, you get an IPA, it's like, well, what kind of IPA do you oh, right. like? There I know. It's so many other kinds. Better. And the same thing with stouts. Like people are putting so many adjuncts into beer now. Like a, a classic stout, like Man of Talent, it used to be just like that, just like just malt hops, nothing else added. And now people are putting like cocoa nibs in the beer. They're putting mm -hmm. lactose in the beers. They're putting fruit puree into beers there's just it's become such a broad <laughs> canvas that the styles have all right. expanded into multiple multiple styles so what used to be a stout was single line this is mm. a stout now it's like there's a this kind of stout that kind of stout this kind of stout yep. Yep. so you could find something that you used to think you didn't like and there might be some kind of variant of it now that you'd be like oh wow that's actually really good that's you know? why it's so awesome like that it's blowing up because necessity is the mother of invention Mm -hmm. and that means everybody's going to try and come up with something that stands out definitely and that's what that's what you know it's a beer drinker's like heaven right now you know oh absolutely couldn't put it better for sure, sure. We're, we're living in a wonderful time and also being in new hampshire too yeah it's we're one of the hubs market yeah 100%. new england in general like maine has become huge, huge. new hampshire massachusetts yep. in general there's vermont like, all of the yeah, even, oh, yeah, yeah. all Burlington, of them. Portland, Portland, say, like, uh, Vermont, yeah. you could say it all started with Hetty Topper and Alchemist. Like they pretty much kicked off the New England IPA movement. 100%. That used to be like the unicorn yeah. of New England styles, and now everyone's got one, and everyone's yeah. like I said, just a million different variants. Well, on. That, that's an interesting point because uh, I've said this before: is back about ten years ago when you know you used to have to go travel great distances yeah. and wait in line for hours yep. to be able to even get a chance at getting some of these limited beers that were back out when there. Paul was still chase the Paul. Truck back when the I, truck back when I was back when I was middle aged, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays you can just go down to your local package store or or, or beer store or your local microbrewery even and get great, thing. great beer. Yeah. You know, it's so yeah. awesome because you don't have to worry about waiting in line or or you know being part of this yeah. you know overnight crew to, to, to potentially get this this sought after beer it's it's available to you almost everywhere yeah and, and I, I remember nine years ago my buddy and i went up to vermont and we we followed the alchemist truck, truck. Yep. because they would only sell one <laughs> four pack a heady at yep. each store they delivered to so we just like there was a crew of people who would just follow the delivery truck you'd all go in you're like oh you're here again and you know come back with a case after six different stops but 
that's what you had to do back then to really get mm. that that true good IPA, and now they're everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's funny. We went to uh, we were we were in. Uh, <laughs> I was like, awesome. I'm getting everything. Right? <laughs> oh, you're selling two four packs. I'm taking it. <laughs> we were in a co-op on, in uh, in yes. uh, one of the Vermont towns on the border of New Hampshire, and nice. we just happened to stop in there, and there was like dozens of cans of heady topper available and i'm like yep. this this is this like, it was mind-blowing <laughs> like, a few years ago it was an unheard of that you would even even get a four pack yep now it's got cases everywhere and it's yep. like the, yeah. the, the, awesome. the beer world's changed it's it's oh, unbelievable yeah and even like dan said like it, it it's funny because we do have very different palettes and we like different styles of beers but he like he's introduced me to so many beers that I I originally was like I don't know man I'm not, I don't really want to try that style but now there's a beer called Smoke and Dagger um, it's oh, yeah. one of Dan's favorites Definitely. and I I saw it I'm like there's no way I'm gonna like this it's fantastic beer but it's just Who like when, that? Uh, that's Jack's Abbey. Yeah, if anyone's from Jack's Abbey's watching, send it to New Hampshire, please. Yeah, this please. This man wants to smoke a dagger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's great because the in the brew community in, in a whole is it's really awesome because a lot of people are just kind of like you guys like oh you must be so cutthroat with uh, your other competitors and everything. And I'm like yeah, there's there's an occasional you you fight for you know some shelf space or a draft line like that, but we really like we have this collaboration series uh, team of rivals because. We really do. We don't look at them as necessarily like our our competitors, our friends. That we all sell good products, and if you if you're making a good product, people are gonna buy it. It's yep. why I always like I I wear other people's brewery shirts all the time, and like I like supporting our other our, our friends in the, in the brew industry. And you know where can we go after Abel to go get a, a good beer? I'm like Spyglass or go over here or Two Share. You know, there's you so know, many great breweries, yeah. and that's a, the that's the beauty of it. You know, and and the cool thing is that we have in common. Is it's the same with cigars? Yeah, we're all like a family, but we're all competitive. Oh yeah, you know, and it's the same. It's the same thing, and it's just that's why this is like marriage in heaven. Is like you know, <laughs> booze and cigars. It's just way to go. We even just listened to your episodes earlier too. It's like shout out to the guys from Six Hundred Three. They're awesome, Doug and Dan and yep. and Jeff well, and PJ. Yeah, our baby. last one before two share yeah. was with them. Yep. And they're awesome. They're they're great great people over there. Make some really really good beers. Yeah. And they said know. the same about you. Yeah, yep. they did. They had only Very the best thing to you guys say. Yep. And that's why I mean we we can't say enough good things about them too. So like they they're awesome. And yep. I really encourage people to like even though you might have your favorite you know local brewery or your your little watering hole that you go to all the time. I always say go check out the other people too because. There's something you may find hidden in, in their uh, in their draft lines that you're going to be like, wow, they, they did a really good job. Well, you know, a lot, uh, to kind of hammer that home, you know, we've had several different companies on now doing, you know, different beers with, with the cigars. And it's been great trying yep. all these different styles Absolutely. of beers. Absolutely. And again, you know... I, you know, it's one of the great things about the podcast here. You know, I say, hey, bring three or four things to try with the cigar. And I just totally leave it up to that. I have no idea what they're – I'm not telling them to bring what I want. They're just bringing stuff. And inevitably, there's stuff that they bring them, and I go, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but then, you, but then you, you, you drink it, and you have it with a cigar. And maybe maybe it's, it's great to be able to try something you never would on your own. Mm. And realize, hey, this is really, really good. Yep. You know, I, I'm more of a dark beer. I'm more of a stout guy. Hallelujah. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> but now, 
we have we have a guy at, at Twins, his at Brett, and Tuesday nights he and I kind of close things out, and then we <laughs> go up to the bar and he glo- and he's an IPA guy. Yep, he's a real big IPA. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's Brett, <laughs> he'll drink it. Yeah, <laughs> no, he he loves the New England style IPA. Okay, but he you know so he but every night. Every Tuesday night, he buys me a beer, and I let him do it because I would never buy the beer on my own. And to date, there has not been a beer that he bought me that I didn't enjoy. That's awesome. And it's it's just it's great to be able to do that. And you know, expanding your horizons and getting out from behind what because the whole milk stout thing that's that's my jam baby yeah that's if i would live uh, somewhere that's where i would be but it's great to try all this other stuff you know because i just wouldn't i would never have smashing it i never would have gone to some of these other things if i had not tried them you know that that reminds me when you said milk stout that reminds me of like a a thing i saw today on like youtube or something like that was a short and the guy was uh, was a comedian he was talking about like how many different types of milk they have it like a cafe now yeah. and it's like this milk that milk that milk and the guy's like what kind of milk do you want he's like i just want something that comes out of a nipple <laughs> preferably, preferably a cow <laughs> that's, that's, that's what i want so he's not an almond milk guy yeah, yeah, oh my gosh oh that's funny can you guys uh talk about any future collaborations uh tonight or dun, dun, dun. i don't know if we have any on the docket quite yet we have a we have a couple breweries that we've uh we're talking to about doing some collaborations with but um i mean we have some some other beers that are coming out soon as well or, uh... we have our regularly scheduled seasonal releases starting to come up so we have our uh, mexican style lager revuelto for cinco de mayo what's the that next one up. what's a mexican style lager is it so, like spicy or it's like typically one? very drinking light. a taco one of the well <laughs> one of the um street taco days yeah street taco <laughs> See? street taco i'm trying to think of a future episode here you know? <laughs> i mean it, it definitely goes great but uh the biggest thing about a mexican style lager is the most traditional Traditional ingredient in a Mexican style lager is corn in the malt bill. Of course, still that's kind of a <laughs> predominant flavor you'll get yeah. is corn. That's what um, they have. But on also, there. lime corn. is corn. kind of a flavor you go for. So whether that's from the malt corn or from a. the hops, um, we actually in ours use a New <laughs> Zealand hop called Wakatu. Wakatu. Um, Wakatu. In our like Mexican it. style lager of all things, but it imparts a real lime zest flavor into it. So oh, it's there like, we go. It's here kind of go. like it was made with the idea when Mike was brewing it. I remember he was saying it was a. Um, you wanted to get the flavor of a lime in there without having to squeeze a lime into it. So, like, you with a Corona, you pop a lime in the bottle to get that lime flavor into it. But with the with a Revuelta, it should be in there. From the you crack the can, you pour it in there, you taste the lime. Um, yeah, so our yeah. biggest thing is people would come into the bar and be like, "All right, we'd like a fresh uh, lime uh, for this beer," and we're like, "We don't, mm. we don't do that." It's, you know, it's already your, in there. Believe yeah, me. it's already in there. Bring your own lime if you want a lime cut up. All right. <laughs> no, yeah, and then Emma Wood too. That's our uh, it's our Belgian wheat. Um, Emma Wood was just. Uh, that was the beach. Actually, Mike told his family that he was uh, burning the ships and moving out to New Hampshire to start a brewery. Nice. Um, so, it, that one's coming out. A- yeah, Auburn Memorial our, Day is our, um, uh, Red Ale's coming out. Oil. I think next week, I believe. Or yeah, that should be coming up soon. It's in the pipeline. So we have we have uh, a good amount of beers coming up uh, in the near future, but it, it's been it's fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun having all these varieties. Oh, it is, man. You want to do a little? Uh... 
Would you rather? Ooh, would you rather? Ooh, would you rather question? I'm always about would you rather. <laughs> All right. So the would you rather question this week is would you rather live by Hakuna Matata? What a wonderful phrase. No worries. Or <laughs> it's a YOLO. Yo- <laughs> AKA you only live once, Paul. Oh, is that what that means? <laughs> yeah. I never do that. What was that, Danny? I just totally missed yeah. what you just said. Hakuna like, yeah. Matata. Yep. What a wonderful phrase. Or <laughs> YOLO, which is an acronym for you only, you only live, live once. It's something the kids are saying. <laughs> YOLO. I knew Where I would have to explain it. From, so I have the AKA for Explain it. We're explaining it. You only live once or Hakuna Matata. Pat, go. I need I need to know if Rod knows what YOLO means. Can you rephrase the question, please? Would you rather <laughs> live by the phrase live by the phrase Hakuna Matata? Okay. No worries. Or YOLO. Or YOLO. You, you only, only live, live once. once. I like your dome. You only die once, maybe. Sometimes you come back, but Wow. Silence. Pat. You're first. smiling, though. Yeah, he's, he's smiling. That's good. He's, he's thinking. That's good. That's good, Dave. What about you? Let's uh, uh, see. Yeah, Hakuna I love that little uh, guy. Uh, no, that's too lazy. You know, I, I can't believe I just said that. That's, wow. um, that's no, very unusual. You only live once. <laughs> I, I, I totally, I told, you know, unless you're like a select few souls, you only live once, man. And, uh, so YOLO. 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 Yep. YOLO. YOLO. YOLO, baby. Okay. YOLO, YOLO for me. YOLO for you? YOLO for me. YOLO for you? Yep. I'm a, I'm a Hakuna Matata type guy. That was the first movie I ever saw, Lion King. And I'm a, I'm a little bit of, you know, the long-haired hippie over here. But, you know, you can't, you can't shut up. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Timon and Pumbaa, some of my spirit animals right there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I just think, you know, I, I like to live life. No worries. Like you do. YOLO's great because you do only live once. But I feel like, you know, just let it ride. Enjoy, enjoy the ride you're on. Because, you know, stuff, like people worry about way too much in life. And I, I really, like, especially with the beer industry and, and cigars and everything, it's kind of just like enjoy yourself, you know, just, mm. just sit back, relax, stop worrying about things. It's why... That's why people come to the breweries because they want to get yep. they want to escape their job. They want to get away from their maybe their everyday, you know, monotonous life or what whatever they're doing, then they have a beer and it helps them liven up a little bit, loosen up, get you know Brendan, you're telling my story, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> word for word. Yeah. Taking that's, the words out of my mouth. That's why that's why we work together, brother. That's right. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm a little bit of a mix maybe of the two, but I I probably lean towards the Hakuna Matata just because yeah. YOLO's a bit a bit like jump off the cliffish for me, but uh, yeah, yeah, definitely about the no worries because like even like when I started working at Able, it was kind of just like I need to do something I like. I need to do something I love. I was working at a job that I was just like can't handle the beer. <laughs> it was just like it was just wearing me thin, and I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. And I was just like, even Ladies if I'm not making as much money, Dave had to pee. <laughs> Everyone listening for this? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Damn, yeah, that's so I nice. was like, You only there. live once. <laughs> <laughs> I was run. <laughs> well, because you were in retail, though. Yeah. That's such a and shift. 
driving home from my old job, I would pass by Abel Ebenezer on Danny Webster Highway. Yep. And on days when the traffic was bad and I was all backed up, I would just take a look up at <laughs> the left up the hill and I'd be like, see the Abel Ebenezer sign on the building? And I was just like, hmm, sit in traffic or it. go drink a burn the ships. I'm going to go have a burn the ships. Right. Bang a left and I'd just go grab a burn the ships and wait for the traffic to die down and head home from there and be a little less worried about the day. And then uh, I was just like, Maybe I need to work there. That'd be that'd be great. <laughs> and now you do. And now I do. Yeah, I, just, I apply. I applied just on a whim, and they took me in on a just on a distro team role. Mm-hmm. And it was I took a huge pay cut, but I was at the time I was like I just need to do something I want to do that I enjoy doing, and I yep. can actually put my heart and soul into, and not just work just for the sake of the paycheck and get home and want to get home at the end of the day. Now it's like works fun, works a great time, and now I'm I managing the distro team. I've, I've been there for I'll be four years in the fall that I've been That's there. That's awesome. Half the time. Yeah, time's flying, but it's because I'm having fun. And I'm, yep. It's because I'm, I just, I don't have any, I don't have the worries anymore. Like, I, I don't go to work dreading going to work. Now yeah. I'm like, sweet, let's go to work. Yeah. Let's, let's get to work. Let's have some fun. That's funny. It's, you know, um, I never thought I would hear myself say this, but Hakuna Matata. I like it. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, and I'm, as I'm listening to you guys and I'm thinking about, you know, how I actually live, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm doing this major, Pipe event this Saturday with uh, Eric Stokeby at uh, our Londonderry shop from 11 to 3. And the whole idea of of this event is just to relax and have fun and have exactly. a good time. And it's it's called Viking Helmets. the Day of the Danes. Ooh. And Eric Stokeby's Danish. We're also fe- we're featuring his pipes and this other Danish guy, uh, Eric Nording. And oh, I asked Stokeby, who's one of the best-known people in the in the pipe business in the world, you know, what would you want to do for, like, a themed event? And he said, well, I'm Danish, so let's do Vikings. Yeah, and like I'm it. like, you're the most un-Viking person I know. You're like this humble, nice, happy dude. And I said, okay, I'm totally in. So... You know, we're we're we put together this whole thing. Thirty bucks, you get this this drink that nobody knows about called Aquavit, mm. which is like a it's it's basically like a gin type of thing that they've been brewing in Denmark and Scandinavia since seven hundred A.D. It's the national <laughs> drink. Awesome. It's the national drink of 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 Denmark, and and Carlsberg beer. Yep, which is classic know, Denmark. Yeah, of you course, know, and, classic. And That's like and Danish and roasted meat. Mm. And you know <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna eat meat and we're gonna drink beer and shoot shots and right off the bone. And if you <laughs> and if you buy a pipe, you'll that thirty bucks you could put it towards a pipe. And the, the whole the whole idea is just to relax it. And if you wear a Viking helmet, this is true. I'm not making this up. This is not just blowing smoke. Dan if you wear a Viking helmet. If you wear a Viking helmet, you'll get double rewards points on whatever you purchase. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know what? And you know what? You know what's funny is that like, is that as I shared this with people, you know, who are our pipe customers, they're all like, you know what? I think I actually have a Viking That's helmet. That's awesome. And, and they're gonna they're gonna wear it. We're gonna have like, like 25, 30 people with Viking helmets. What about horn <laughs> glasses awesome. too? And, uh, you know, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a great time. And it, the whole idea is Hakuna Matata. Yeah. You know, just just kind of celebrate and have fun. And so I guess that's what I would have to say. It's just like Hakuna it, Matata. That's what I mean. Just having fun. It's like I was a. 
I was a regular at Able since they pretty much opened, and it got to the point where they're like, maybe we should just give him a job. He's you know, he's our br- brand ambassador. He's, here anyways. Anyways. he's like, well, spent more time in the brewery than the full timer spent in there. Anyways, he was always hanging around, it's like always there, and they what just are you still here for. It was closed thirty minutes ago. What are you doing here? Yeah, they just couldn't kick me out pretty much, but I I enjoyed. I just really enjoyed the whole story behind Able yeah. and. And you know, getting to know Carl and Mike, and you know, small worlds. Actually, Carl, Carl, and I were born uh, in the same hospital in Maryland. Wow. You know, just, just to like you know, related back even further. So it's it's just like uh, back to the babies. Yeah, back to the babies. <laughs> mm. But I I I love Abel. It's just like you know, it always felt like home to me. And when I got offered the job, I was like, wow, dreams do come true. You know, <laughs> I was like, I always wanted to work here, and I just. It just so happened that, you know, I was lucky enough to get a job. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. All right. So we're just about at the end of the show, if you can believe it. It's been almost 90 minutes. It's too sad. Jeez. You know. Sheesh. Um, so I have I have several questions. What What's our final thoughts on the cigar? Wow. Yeah. Which yeah, beer wow. did you like the best? And which pairing did you like the best? I got to look at the cans. <laughs> Go. Me? Yeah. Uh, okay. Go. Well, the reason why I love this cigar is that I get a lot of that creamy sweetness and mm-hmm. the cedar notes. The cedar notes is really what I love about this cigar. Yep. I, I said it before, it tantalizes you with the cedar. Each beer brought out different flavors. Each beer brought out a little bit more or less of the cedar. But in, in essence, the – here we go again. I have to look at this. Man of Talent, mm-hmm. Milk Stout, was my absolute favorite. All, all four were fantastic, but that's my favorite pairing because it brought out the, the notes of the cigar – both the sweetness of the cigar and that cedar wood notes from the retrohale. Yes. Got all the notes that I really wanted to get out of it, so that's yep. my pick tonight. That would be mine, too. Uh, again, I, I loved all of them. I, I loved know, all the beers. And the, the, the uh, burn the ships was awesome with this. Yep. But, you know, one of the things that was, and I think you kind of hit on this, Paul, to me, the... the um, Man of Talent didn't erase anything from the cigar totally. Right. You got it. In the, I got that cedar and that spice in the retro while yep. not on the palate. But everything that you love about the cigar was there. Yep. But amped up. Yep. And the 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 way that it interacted with, with the stout, too, just the way it made it a little less bitter, the way it made it more creamy and chocolatey. To me, that was the best experience. I pretty much said what I exactly would have said. Like, Burn the Ships is my favorite beer of Abel's, mm-hmm. of all of any beer, pretty much, let alone Abel beer. But what it did with Man of Talent and how it paired and how it they played off of each other so well. Was it was like, like two meals. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. I will say this, though. The aroma of mm. Triumph. Oh, I I just love that smell. I dank. really their aroma is just phenomenal. Dank that dank to the, the dank. dank. Rank the dank. That, 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 again, <laughs> rank the dank. Rank I like that. Dank. I like it's that. It's as if I stepped into a microbrewery. You know, it's just I could I, I could drink I, triumph I all day long. Yeah, I, yeah. it's just if if you know that's the the aroma that I'm that I'm talking about, oh, yeah. Danny. But going into it a, a, a brewery mm. and just smelling that, oh my god, it's phenomenal. Almost that yeast too. So you know, the, the flavor the, of this and the aroma of this is just like awesome. Yep, that's what I have to say. I have to say, triumph was uh, something that that just really jived with me, and and of course, man, talent that was uh, I they're both equal for me 
you know, yeah. uh, which is weird because I am mm. such a dark beer guy. Yeah, well, it's the the thing with the Triumph is like it's such a basic beer in general. Like it's it's got the least complexity to it. Really, it's really kind of a simple beer and at its base. Um, yeah, but not so for it has you guys. That's could... what I mean. It's not like a Budweiser or mm-hmm. you know or anything else. It has a little pizzazz that just puts it a cut above everything yeah. else. And that's the idea. It's yep. like the, yep. the drinkability, something like the that. Drinkability you know, the drinkability of it, but flavor that flavor. they lack yeah. exactly. And then awesome. the, pairing the cigar with it just gives it even more dimensiony or complexion and, di- <laughs> complexion and dimension. Pat. Complexity. That's what I was going for. At one day. So one of the things I like about the Amaforte Six All right, thank you, Pat. is. <laughs> <laughs> is, um, the the cigar has a very consistent flavor profile and then each third that you go through it gets a little bit more intense in body and then the final third kind of adds like this kind of clove type flavor but other than that it's pretty consistent it's and honestly spice. everyone that's been on the show has done a really good job on kind of pairing the beers even if they accidentally did it the right yeah. way but <laughs> it's accident for sure but typically <laughs> a lot of the, uh, the cigars you smoke typically it goes like the most mild it's going to be is going to be that first inch and then as the cigar heats up those oh, flavors are going to become more fuller in body so i think that the selection of beers that we did was right where it needed to be like you had awesome. that nice kind of like light beer in the beginning of it on the first inch and then going forward to end with the um, burn the ships and um, I would say my favorite pairing it, see it's kind of tough so I'm, I'm going to do it in a different way so my favorite complementary pairing and my favorite contrasting pairing so yeah. contrasting wise it's going to be the man of talent because it kind of um, did what Dan said it kind of made me feel like I was smoking like the Amaforte Maduro it added that nice like very good sir fresh chocolate note mm-hmm. but then to me burn the ships is like I would say like my overall favorite just because it didn't take anything away from mm. the cigar, but it definitely enhanced more of those spicy notes and enhanced that cedar note on it. So complimentary wise, the burn the ships is right on that. And even, you know, I would say like going forward, like this is the beer that I would pair with most cigars because mm. it's not going to take away, but it's going to enhance those flavors. Mm. Yeah. And I actually, I'm um, can't believe I'm, gonna say this but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah dan's looking at me like don't you I dare all along, but uh, yeah i 100 percent agree with what you're saying but man a talent i it's almost opened that floodgate of like man i might be a stout guy <laughs> if this is what is like you know if these are the no, like if this is what a cigar can do to a beer i'm i'm very interested to see some other stouts and porters that i could yeah. pair with with a cigar and like you're saying anytime burn the ships it just it didn't take away from the cigar at all it actually for some reason for me it really made burn the ships just that much smoother too while mm-hmm. i'm drinking it I always, it's why i tell people and they're a little nervous i'm like when I'm sitting by a campfire, I'm eating barbecue, like burn the ships pairs great. A lot of people make barbecue sauces out of burn the ships, but with this cigar, it's, it just makes it that much smoother and just really, really enhances the flavor of both the cigar and the, and the beer. I have one more thing to say. Yeah. Good job guys. Yeah. yeah. You guys did a great job. Awesome. Appreciate it. Great job. 
I wish we could take credit for making all these beers, but you guys, <laughs> we're lucky enough we to just, sell it. We just picked them up and brought them. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, we're guys, the muscle. Yeah. You guys <laughs> think <laughs> they might come back? A hundred percent. Whenever you guys want us back on, and hopefully, you know, next time. Uh, now that you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll bring a, a set of four new beers. Get us back in a couple yes. months, and we have all the summer yeah. beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some memo, bring some what Revolta. great timing. We'll to, yeah. And we'll have to get Carl on here, too. Yeah. Carl, he's a, he's oh, a great totally. speaker, and even he's Mike, the original storyteller, for sure. Awesome. Those guys, I bet, would love to have a cigar and impair some of the the beers they made uh with you guys oh yes we really oh, thank you appreciate guys you guys so being with us tonight that this has been awesome been an absolute pleasure um okay. now next week adam from uh Altidus is going to be with us oh, again nice. for his second time and he's you. bringing the newest vitola of the monte cristo 1935 right. what's it called paul the chunky the chunky <laughs> The chunky, yeah. chunky. It isn't even. It isn't oh. even shipping yet, and yet he has some. Ooh, that's Ooh. good. Ooh, we <laughs> always like that when we are the first, and our audience of ten will be the first people. To... <laughs> no, uh, we know we're more than that. But it's nice to it's nice to joke. He's also going to be bringing a six year old bottle of Willet. Nice. Ooh. I with him, nice. which is going to be good. And we're also going to be smoking this year's small batch release from Eric Stokeby, um, who is He has a small this, batch? Yes, that's, he does it once awesome. a year uh, called uh, Jubileum Flake, Ooh. which is a uh, Virginia flake. It's only 1,500 tins of 50 gram, 50 gram uh, tins. 50 gram tins. 50 gram tins. Wow. So it's it's some um, pricey stuff, but good. And <laughs> smoke it. Yes, it better be good. good so pricey. thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you guys for being with us tonight. And thanks, guys. Uh, we hope really, we, we hope awesome. you come back. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having us. This has been a it's been an absolute awesome blast. time, honestly. Awesome. You see, you're going to be smoking glasses all the time at work now. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Hey guys, I got to take this outside. Yeah, <laughs> give me a second. <laughs> Because we can't smoke outside of the brewery, and and some people do have cigars, you know, and and drink it with their beer. But uh, yeah, this is open. Now up it's all. gonna have whole new see perspective to me. She said. That's right, and that's not just blowing smoke, people. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top